Thank you, Melissa, and the worship team for uh, preparing our hearts and leading us into the presence of God to worship Him. Last week, I forgot to, to share something with you. Uh, kind of got wrapped up in all the Easter things coming up, and it just completely slipped my mind. But uh, our Honduras team got back uh, last, not last week, but the week before. And five of them went down. It was John Waterbury, uh, Doug McMullen, Josh Case, Jess Goddard, and Chad Gates. Thought I was going to slip, didn't you? I did too. Um, but five of them went down. This, this team was kind of small this year. Uh, literally, the people that wanted to go, I certainly wanted to go. My schedule just would not permit it. Uh, and other individuals uh, said the same thing. It wasn't like that uh, we had people that was like somewhat interested. We had people that were very much interested and would go if their schedules were permitted. And so we had a team of five going down. But, but the team of five, it was such a powerful God moment. Uh, I remember talking to, I think it was Doug McMullen last week after the service, and he said that, uh, he shared that it was just, the, the, even though the team was five, everyone had their specific, um, their specific, the task they were doing, they were gifted to do that specific task. Um, this year they put, they uh, finished the, somewhat finished the project by putting the roof system uh, on the church that we went down and built last year. Uh, and with that, there's a lot of technical stuff. A lot of guys, we just don't get up on the, uh, there's a lot of welding. Uh, we weld the, uh, the uh, rafters together. Uh, or trusses together and things like that. And so each person had their specific task and they were gifted gifted for that. It was just so neat to hear that. Uh, Another God thing that happened, uh, if you were on Facebook and you're a friend of Jess Goddard, you remember Jess, actually it's Jess Gibson. Uh, Her and Tim got married a couple years ago. But uh, she translates for us, but she got bit by something down there. As some of you that have been there before understand where I'm coming from, and she, if you saw on Facebook, she had something on the bottom of her leg that looked really looked like Hollywood, is what it looked like, because it was bad. And um, so, if if you've been there, there's a there's a pastor down there called Pastor Dilma. And those of you that have experienced her, she's amazing. I've heard it time and time again. People, when you go in her presence, it's like this lady's filled with the Spirit of God. I've been part of her prayers before, and you walk away thinking, we just stood in the presence of God. She, I mean, she has a direct pipeline to God. And so uh, I think it was Doug again telling me that they uh, went to, was there visiting her in the church, and she, they surrounded Jess and prayed for Jess and prayed for this nasty-looking bite. I mean, it was nasty-looking. And, and um, she gets back to the States, and she goes to her doctor, and her doctor was just like, disbelief. He said, what this is, you should have been vastly sick. Vastly sick. And it just goes to show you the power of God and the power of prayer. And so that team was able to experience some really cool things in Honduras. And uh, if you see them, just connect with them and ask them about the trip, because there's just some really cool things that takes place. So... Today we're going to continue on uh, again with the 23rd Psalm, and we're actually going to, I touched on this last week, but we're going to go back and I want to unpack something else for you uh, for this week. Um, And so in the 23rd Psalm, again, this is a psalm that many of you are very familiar with. We probably, some of you can recite it by heart. You've heard it in various contexts. You've heard it... uh, uh, just a lot of probably a lot of times in your life if you've been in the church somewhat. And in the 23rd Psalm it says, The Lord is my shepherd, 
And it says, I shall not want. And this is David writing. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Last week we talked about being made to lie down. And remember we talked about four things. And if those four things are present, a sheep can lie down. We also discovered or talked about that those four things are some of the four things that we experience uh, as well. And if those four things are met, the, those four criterias are met, we find this sense of peace and calmness even to our souls, just like the sheep. And David's writing that. By the way, David's writing, uh, his perspective is of a sheep as he's writing about the good shepherd. And so he's, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. God is my shepherd. And he makes that acclamation. God, he's the one that's my shepherd. Uh, the, the, the God Almighty. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And that's what I want to talk about today. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And we touched on that a little bit last week, that this is all done for the glory of God. When we become the individuals that God has created us to be, when we are part of His sheepfold, when we're part of His flock, when we, just like we sang, when we lay everything down and surrender everything to Him, He literally transforms us into the people that He has created us to be. When, and that's when we find life. And when we are created, and when we finally lay everything down, control and everything, and allow Him to lead and guide us, and we begin to take on the fruit of His Spirit that's living inside of us, we are individuals that think differently, we act differently, we talk differently, we do everything differently, and we draw God glory. We go out into the world, and people see us, and they see that we're vastly different, and we bring God glory. That's what it's all for. His name's sake. But today I want to back up and I want to talk about He restores my soul. Now when we talk about that, that statement there, He restores my soul, I don't know about you, but there's times you know, when we say, you know, we look at this, we look at this 23rd Psalm, God is my shepherd, uh, you know, everything's, you know, I'm following Him, He's providing, I don't have want, He makes me lie down like we talked about last week. But then there's this times where my soul doesn't feel restored. Are there times where your soul doesn't feel restored? Are there times where you're like, wait a minute, the last I checked, I'm part of God's flock. I'm one of God's. I'm one of His daughters. I'm one of His sons. I'm one of His sheep. He cares for me. He leads me. He guides me. He directs me. I allow Him to, to set, the, set the tone of my life. But then that reality comes... And it's like we, we get, it's like we get this left hook from the carpet by this world that we live in. And to say that my soul is restored is like an oxymoron at times. You ever feel that way? Some of you may be sitting in here this morning and that's exactly how you feel. You love Jesus. You love God. You've surrendered your life. In fact, some of us even go down that path to begin to question that. How can you do this to me, God? You're my shepherd. How can this thing happen within my life? How can this happen to my son? How can this happen to my daughter? How can this happen to my wife or my husband? How can this situation really happen to me? And it's like we, it's like at times we, in the back of our minds, I think, and I'm going to make a generalized statement, but I think we believe that because we're, uh, you know, we're part of God's sheep and that He's our shepherd, that, that we're then impervious to anything negative happening to us. And then reality sets in. And some of us can question that. 
And our souls are definitely, they definitely at that time don't feel restored. And we forget and lose sight as we've talked that we live in a broken world. This is not how God intended things for, for things to be. Satan entered in, sin entered in, and literally has wreaked havoc and destroyed that which God said was good. And we live in that. We're in the middle of that. And our souls at times don't feel restored. Now some of us may, can, may, can, may be able to identify with that this morning. Some of us are in this morning and, and our souls are restored. And we, you know, you're, you're sitting here and you're celebrating and you're worshiping. That, pray. Because there's others sitting in here that don't feel that right now. But I want us to take a look at that. And I want us to take a look at when our soul doesn't feel restored. I want to take a look at some of the things uh, about the shepherd in that sense. Uh, because like I said, there's times where we feel our soul feels distressed. A state of distress. And it happens. And again, it's in those times where we don't feel this sense of peace. I just had a prayer with a, a lady out in the cafe. And that's what I prayed for. I prayed, God, would you please... She, her soul doesn't feel restored right now. Would you please allow her to feel a sense of calmness, a sense of peace, a sense of strength that can only come from you? And we pray those things into others. We, we petition the throne of God and we pray because people aren't feeling that way. And there's times, and there's a word that I want to look at because it's the word that David uses throughout the Psalms and the Bible uses, and it's called cast down. Times in our lives where we feel cast down. Down, C-A-S-T, down. We'll talk about that a little bit more. David says it in Psalm 42.11. He says this, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you cast down, O my soul? That's that sense of, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I, I, I'm, part of your she, I'm part of your sheepfold. And I'm not feeling restored right now. In fact, I'm feeling distressed. He said, I feel like I'm in turmoil. Uh, and why are you in tur turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. And so there's this, there's this term there that he uses that is extremely relevant for us today. It applies to sheep, because he's riding as a sheep to the shepherd, and that word, those two words, cast down, has, carries significant meaning. Meaning, King David at this time, as he was riding, and he was feeling very defeated. I mean, very defeated. He felt rejected. He felt scared. He had fallen into temptation and, and things were just, uh, things were in a sense of upheaval. And he says, why? Man, I feel so cast down. And so I want to, I want to zero in on this term for a few seconds called, uh, about cast down. And what this has to do with, and some of you are farmers, some of you have probably heard this before, but this sense of cast down is a very dangerous position to be in as a sheep. Okay, So we're going to take a look at it as, as it relates to a sheep. This concept of being cast down to a sheep was a very, very dangerous position because if a sheep would accidentally fall down, lay down or fall down or whatever and roll over too far, literally roll over on its back, it would literally lay there flailing its arms until it, its legs and arms, I guess, legs, four legs, whatever, don't let that distract us. We're still focusing on we're still focusing on the concept here. But it would literally roll over on its back and it could not could, say this with me. Could not. Could not. 
it, they cannot roll over and get up. It's called being cast down. The sheep was in a cast down position. And when a sheep gets in a cast down position, whatever they do, no matter what they do, they may bleat for a little bit, but typically what they do is just flail their legs for a little while and then they're just in that position until they die. That's a very sad picture. An extremely sad picture for a sheep. And, and they ha- if there wasn't some, they didn't have this ability, uh, again, of getting themselves upright. It, was just a, it paints this very pathetic, sad picture of, of an animal laying on its back until death would just come. It would struggle and fight for a little while to stand up, but it literally couldn't do it. And if the shepherd wasn't watching carefully, he could easily lose sheep this way. His sheep would come cast down. There may be a place in the ground where it would uh, maybe lay down for a few and then roll over or whatever may happen. It may stumble. Whatever. It doesn't, what, whatever would take place if a sheep would get into that position of being cast down. If a shepherd wasn't nearby, if a shepherd wasn't paying close attention, he could literally lose that sheep. Now, if that sheep was pregnant with lambs or ewes, or, or if the ewe, ewe is a female sheep, right? I did a little research this week. I asked a couple people. Because last week, I really struggled with that, didn't I? But if a, if a sheep was ready to give birth to lambs, I mean, you could see the, um, not to sound, uh, not to take it over into, to this uh, side of being all about the shepherd, but a shepherd could lose part of his livelihood, right? He loses the sheep plus the lambs. I mean, it, was, it, it could be devastating, not just for the sheep, but all, also for the shepherd. But, but, but it's just a sad picture. And so if the shepherd is watching, he looks out over his flock. He's continually watching his flock. He's looking out and he's seeing. He's looking. He's watching to see if he's looking diligently to see if one of his sheep is missing. If one of his sheep was cast down. Because typically, if a sheep was missing, that's what it happened. That's what has happened. It's become cast down. Another way that he might notice that a sheep was cast down is to see the buzzards flying around and the buzzards flying low. And if a shepherd would look out and see buzzards flying over his flock and flying low, in his mind he's thinking, I've got a sheep that's cast down. And if I don't get there in time, if I don't get there to save that sheep, that sheep will, will, will die. And so the shepherd would diligently watch and look for his sheep to make sure that they weren't cast down. A shepherd would also, as they would go and they would look, they would find the sheep that was cast down. And one of the pictures that was painted of this is as they would go and they would find the sheep, and if the sheep was still alive, um, the picture was that the shepherd would go and literally kind of crouch down and straddle the sheep and literally get a hold of the sheep, not yelling, not raising his voice or her voice, not raising their voice at the sheep, but gently calming the sheep. Calming the sheep to, 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 for them to find peace, for them to find comfort in him so that he could get them and he could begin to turn them over, begin to rock them, you know, kind of rock them easily to put them on their feet again. He wouldn't stop there either. He would continue to talk gently to the sheep and then he would do something next. He would get down and literally massage the legs of the sheep for it to regain circulation as the sheep was standing there trying to get its equilibrium back. And then once the sheep would find its equilibrium and get its circulation and everything moving in the right, in its legs and everything, the sheep would then be able to take off and to enjoy the rest of the flock. What 
What an awesome picture this is of Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the one that's going to watch after the sheep. He, remember his, God, his prayer to the Father, and he talked about that. He, he said, I've been faithful to the ones that you've entrusted me with. They're yours. But I've watched over them. And there's this, there's this powerful picture of Jesus that, where he is constantly looking over his flock. He's looking at you and I. He's watching And when one of us becomes cast down, He's there to gently help us to not just stand there and scold. Sometimes we have this picture of Jesus like if we slip away or if we do something, if we do something rebellious or if we do something that's, that's, uh, I guess rebellious would be the word, we do something where we get off the path and we become cast down. For some of us, we, we kind of take this approach while they get what they deserve. They get it. They're cast down. Let them die. That's not the way Jesus looks at His flock. Jesus guards His flock. Jesus looks at His flock with such tender compassion. Jesus laid down His life for His flock. And so He goes to them and He gently restores us. He goes to us when our feet is off the, the solid path and we become topsy-turvy. We become cast down and our souls definitely aren't restored at the time. And we, we are in our moment there, but Jesus comes and He restores us and He places us back on the, on the rock. Paul warns us to put off the old self and to do away with it. Paul warns us to... Um, Uh, Or actually, he warns us, he warns the Corinthian church to be very careful because there's times that those of us belonging to God, there's times in this broken world we become cast down. And Paul warned the church to say, hey, don't get to the point where you never think you're going to be cast down. Don't get to the point where you think that it can never happen to you. Because when you get to that point, something can happen and you can become cast down. You're not impervious to being cast down. And he warned the Corinthian church, and he says, uh, he says over, I missed the, let me read 56, 13. He says, For you have delivered my soul from death. And this is the shepherd, you know, going out to the sheep. Yes, my feet from failing, that I may walk before God in the light of life. And so Paul says, you know, don't ever think that you can't be cast down because he warns the church in 1 Corinthians this. He says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. And as sheep, we have to be very careful. As sheep, we have to always, in our minds, we have to think, I'm not impervious to being cast down for that to happen. Not that someone does it to us, but, but, but for something like that to take place. And we need to be very careful. And there's some things that we're going to look at uh, here this morning about, uh, about not allowing that to happen. But whenever we get to the point that we believe that it can't happen to me because I've been going to church for so long and I'm this super Christian and I know these things and I know that and I've done this and I've done that and we begin to think about the accomplishments we've done which we'll look at in a few minutes, we need to be a little bit nervous. Because Paul says, take heed. If you think you're in a situation where, you could, where it, could, it can't happen to you, you better take heed because it just might happen to you. And so there's this sense that we're constantly depending upon the shepherd. We're constantly watching and we're depending upon the shepherd so that this doesn't happen. But there's a few things that happen that I want to share with you very quickly here this morning. The first one is this. Watch out for the soft spots. 
Look out for the soft spots. And what this means is the idea comes that when a sheep would find a nice soft place, maybe a little bit of a hollow place within the ground, a little bit of a divot in the ground that, that would be soft, uh, a good place to maybe lie down, sometimes there was real danger in that because it would be easy for them to get down. And as they begin to get down and kind of get into this hollow place or whatever, or if it was somewhat on a hillside or something like that, it would be easy for a sheep as they would lie down, begin to lie down. They would roll over just a little bit. And they knew, they, they had this concept to themselves, you know, knowing that they could only go so far. But what could happen is if they got in a place on the ground where they lost their momentum, it would be easy for them to roll over on their backs and be cast down in this soft spot. That's the way it is for us at times too. Sometimes we think we've got it made, right? You know, nothing's, you know, everything's going pretty good right now. And it's always those times where we think everything's going good that we begin to take our eyes off of the shepherd. And it's easy to take our eyes off the shepherd. What did God tell Moses to warn the people about before they entered into the land when he began to cast that picture? of the promised land. Do you remember what remember his whole sermon? What was it? Remember, 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 remember. Remember where you've come from. Remember how much you had to depend upon me. Remember how much that I protected you. Remember how I led you. Remember your God. Remember your God. Write these things down. Write them on your doorposts. Write them on everything you can. Teach them to your children. Remember, remember, remember. After you read that in Deuteronomy, I tend to think that we as individuals do what? It's easy for us to forget. It's very easy for us to forget. God said this. God told Moses to write this down and cast this out and let them be aware of this because when you enter into a land of milk and honey, when you enter into a land and you conquer and everything's kind of there and you start receiving the blessings that I'm about to give, this, the, I'm going to unleash these blessings and you get into that land and you don't have to worry about some of these things, you need to be very careful to continue to remember because if you forget... What can happen? You can get cast down. Cast down can happen because we get soft. We get soft. Things are going good. Things are going great right now. And typically when things start going great, and I'm not saying there's some curse out there that says, okay, things are going great. Something bad's going to happen. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need to be very careful. And we need to watch out for the soft spots. How many of us, if we would be truthful this morning, when things start going good, we start getting a little bit of lax with our devotions. Man, when we're going through a tough spot, when we're going through a tight spot, some of us pour over the Scriptures. We pour over the Scriptures. I've had conversations with people where it's like they've come and they've, they're going through a dark spot. And I mean, they're pouring over the Scriptures and they're praying and their heart is in a position where they're just crying out to God and they're reaching out to God. And we talked about this before, I think it was before Christmas, where we said that there's a couple different situations that when people get into, they're very sensitive or more sensitive to hearing about God. And one of those is the circumstances of life, Right? If our circumstances of life are bad, or we're going through a really dark moment, people can be very susceptible, uh, not susceptible, but very sensitive to spiritual things. You remember when 9-11 hit? Holy cow, the churches were filled, weren't they? For a while. 
Now everything kind of gets back to where we can kind of, you know, ease up. We start going back to our soft spots. We start easing up a little bit. It doesn't, you know, my prayer life starts getting a little less, a little less, you know, intense. I, my guard starts to come down. My devotional life starts to come down. My church attendance coming, and not just putting in time of church attendance, but it's coming into the presence with the rest of the assembly, with the rest of God's family and flock, and coming in and worshiping God. And there's times where my attendance can start, our attendance starts dropping, and things like that. We become soft. There's things that start passing over our eyes where we know we probably shouldn't look at certain things, but, you know, we start getting soft. And that's when it's so easy for us to become cast down because we find the soft spot and we start snuggling up to it. And the next thing you know, we're, rolled over, we're over on our backs, flailing our legs and our arms, crying out to God, save me, save me. The second thing that can happen if we're not careful and take heed in this is we get too much wool. Uh, and again, this goes back to a sheep. The longer the wool would become, would become the heavier it would, it would become. And so the longer the wool was, the heavier and the nastier it could become. It could be filled with lice, pests, manure, sticks, mud, brush, uh, um, all kinds of different things, burrs. All ticks, all kinds of different things. And the wool would literally become mangy and heavy. And when a sheep would lay down and start, going, you know, start trying to find some rest, it would be easy for that sheep to get, lose its momentum. And because of that wool, the wool could easily make it kind of, kind of you know, a little bit tipsy-turvy, whatever that saying is, and, 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 and roll over on its back. The shepherd would notice. The shepherd would go and he would take care of his sheep. A good shepherd would, right? A good shepherd would see this and he would see the danger and the wool becoming too long and the danger of what, you know, the things that, it, that could happen to it as the, as the wool became uh, much longer. And so they would, they, would, they would go and they would take the sheep and they would go in and they would start shearing the sheep. Now, I don't think sheep really enjoy being sheared at the time, right? And so they would go and they would grab a sheep and they would shear it. And they would fight with a little bit, but as soon as it was done, it would take off and bounce and have all kinds of energy being relieved and feeling so much better because that heaviness and that, that, that nastiness of the manginess of the wool was gone. Do you realize that the Scripture often depicts the old life of you and I as you know, returning to our old ways? It's kind of the same picture. We begin to get dangerously close with the things that Jesus has saved us from. We begin to start, uh, start again, start kind of dropping our guard and our wool. Start, you know, we start kind of going back to that old wool, that old stuff, that old creature that we were saved from. When Paul said, "We're now new." Put on the new. Get rid of the old. Put on the new. Get rid of the old wool. That old wool that's full of manure. That's old, that old wool that's full of lice. That old wool that's full of just sticks and muds and, and burr and ticks and all this other stuff that weighs us down. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. For some of us, that's painful, isn't it? For some of us, we are so full of wool. We have so much wool on us. Heaven forbid we ever let someone else come into our life and kind of help shear, right? And I'm not saying that that's got to be a negative thing. I'm talking about just accountability. I'm talking about other people coming in our lives to say, 
hey, man, you know, what's going on? I love you. I'm here with you. I'm walking this with you. We're on this journey together. Some of us don't like that. We don't like to be sheared. We don't like someone coming along beside of us and walking with us because we don't want to... We have this sense of, ah, you know, my salvation is private. Don't talk to me about my salvation. Don't talk to me about my spiritual life. And somehow we've added some other book in the Bible where we get that information because the Bible certainly doesn't teach that. And I'm not saying someone comes in and starts pointing sticks at you and starts is negative with you. I'm talking about someone who loves you, that's walking with you, that says, don't go back to the old stuff. Don't go back to the old stuff. It's going to weigh you down. It's, going to, it's drawing you right back to where you came from. You're going to become cast down. Don't go back there. But for some of us, we don't like it because it's too painful to let someone else in our lives. I've shared this with you many times. Uh, when I did my pastoral internship under Ron Ramsey, some of you know him, uh, Ron was a guy, he was the guy that God sent in my life. I look back and it's like I could have never grown underneath anybody else except Ron Ramsey. Those of you that may know Ron, he was, he's been in our denomination for some, some years now. He was the bishop at one time. Uh, the joke is, Ron, and this recording hopefully doesn't go out to anybody else, but Ron was one of these guys we'll joke with. It's like you, if you said uh, you never knew where Ron stood, people would laugh if you knew Ron. You knew exactly where he stood. He communicated to you. And I shared this with you guys. I did my internship under him. And I want to tell you something. Uh, I just had a conversation with somebody else this week about this. He was the guy that I came, came into my life that God used to look me square in the eye and say, no more. No more. This stuff that you say is you, I'm not buying it. This isn't you. This isn't the way God created you. This is stuff that is, cl- is clinging to you like old wool, and it needs to be sheared off. And I'm the guy that's going to stop it, and I'm the guy that's going to bring you face to face with it, and it's going to happen. Let me tell you something, guys. That was one of the most painful things that took place in my life. One of the most painful times in my life. Because someone made me stop and look at myself. Some of us refuse to do that because we're scared and we know that it hurts. But I want to tell you something. When I got on the other side of my internship, I literally thanked God for Ron Ramsey in my life. Some of us need people to look us in the eye and say, this isn't good. You're a a child of Christ. Stop dabbling with this stuff. Live your life the way God has called you to live your life. Some of us, we hide behind our wives. We hide behind our our husbands. We hide because we we don't want to go through that painful experience of being sheared of that old wool. Let me tell you something. There's nothing more refreshing than when God places someone in our lives to help us see ourselves the way we truly are and helps us to become a better person in Jesus Christ. I'm very passionate with this because I want to tell you something. It hurt me. And I remember one time I came home and I was in tears. And I was ready to literally rip this guy's head off his shoulders. He would put my head on the carpet every single... That was the joke with the staff there. Every single week I would go into his office on Friday and come out literally dejected. I remember one time I came home and I was in tears and I was just wanting to kill him. And I said something to my wife, Les, and I said, 
I don't, I don't, you know, and I shared with her the situation. She looked at me straight in the eye and she said, he could have said it differently, but he's got a point. I don't know how you read that. I don't know what's pro- how you're processing that through your brain and through your belief system, but in mine, that hurt. <laughs> but I thank God for her. Because I could have easily done what I've done up until that point and run. Because I didn't want to deal with it. But I stayed. And God used that time to transform me into sheer old crappy wool off of me. Now that doesn't mean I don't deal with that stuff again. I'm human. I live in a broken world and I'm broken too. But I want to tell you something, brother and sister, you are too. And there's some of us in here, we need to hear the shepherd and to allow the shepherd to shear some old wool off of us. Because we can be refreshed and be the person that God has called us to be. The third one is this. Some of us are just too fat. This gets better, doesn't it? This is the last one, okay? So you can take a sigh of relief here. This is the last one. But the, but the concept of this is for a sheep, the most unhealthy sheep in the flock, obviously it would be the fat one, right? The one that's least productive, has the least energy, is the one that has the most fat. The one that's the easiest to become cast down is the, are the ones that are fat. The shepherd watches very closely and he leads them to places where they eat the right nourishment where they feed on the right nourishment, where He may put them on a special diet. I mean, He cares. The shepherd loves the sheep. He cares for them. And He cares about what they're feeding on and to make sure that they're getting the nourishment that they need so that the aim of all this so that they can become more energetic and fit and strong and sturdy. We can relate with that too, can't we? As the worship team comes back, we you know, in this... In this picture, we can, we, can, we can certainly relate with this. And what I mean by that is that there's times where we become successful in life and we automatically equate that to success in, with everything, right? Well, I'm successful in my business. I've built my business up from scratch and I've done this, I've done that. And look at me, man. Look what I, you know. And it's not we're trying to maybe draw attention to ourselves, but we literally feed off that success. And we say, everything's cool, man. Everything's great. Everything's fine. And we start becoming fat because we're starting to live off of our own accomplishments. You know? We look at these other areas of our lives. I've done well in school. I'm doing really great in school. Look at my grades. Look at the achievements. Look at the the, uh, degrees that I have and what I've done, what I've accomplished. Or even at home. Look Look at my home. Look at my family. Look how my kids obey me because they're scared to death of me. Look how my wife obeys me because I control her like crazy. Or my husband because I'm scared of my wife. And we get this concept where we, we think we've arrived. Again, back to that. We just kind of get fat. We think we've arrived. Some of us, you know, we, we, we have this sense of, 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 of well-being and self-assuredness because of our accomplishments. Not of what the shepherd has done. Not about what Jesus has done for us. Not about what Jesus loves, but it's what I've done. God gave me these gifts. Look what I've done. Careful. (laughs) Getting fat. 
some of us can, we have all this knowledge of the Bible. I mean, we have all this knowledge of the Bible, man. We can tell you, I can take you to every place in the Bible you reel off something. I can tell you, in fact, I can sit down, I can debate the end times with you, and I can show you different perspectives of the end times, and this person may look at it this way, and this one's this way, and, you know, I, we can, I can take you through all the, you know, we sit and we start, you know, we have all this. And that's some of the things that we've, we, you know, we've talked about before. It's like we go and we sit in classes and groups and there's absolutely nothing wrong with those things. There is a place for studying the Bible. Absolutely 100%. But when that becomes the end goal versus the assimilation of it, we're getting fat. And some of us, that's all we know. Well, we, I need another class to know this. I need this. I need this. And all the while, we're never allowing it to be applied. We're never taking it and applying it. We're making it transform the way we think and the way we act and the way we go out into the world and become the salt and the light to this broken world. We get fat. We get fat. There's times when we need to stop and we need to put our eyes on the shepherd and allow Him to feed us. We need to trust Him and allow Him to move us and direct us and take us to the place where we need to go. The, 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 the takeaway that I want for us here today is this. We have a shepherd that absolutely adores us. He looks out. He sees that we may be cast down. He doesn't walk away from us. He doesn't look at us and say, you know what? You've got yourself there. You don't like it when I shear you. You don't like it when I lead you. You don't like it when I do these things for you. So you know what? You get what you deserve. We don't have a shepherd like that whatsoever. Some of us try to paint him to be that because that's what we've experienced here in this life with other relationships. We have a God, a shepherd that absolutely adores us, that passionately pursues us, that laid down his life for us. And when we're cast down, He comes and He gently takes us. He puts us on our feet again. He restores our soul. That's who Jesus is as a shepherd. That's who God is leading His people. The question I think comes down to this, are you a type of person that is following the leadership of Jesus? Are you part of His flock? Do you take heed to the stuff when you read the Word of God? Do you take heed to the stuff like Paul says, be careful. Don't go back to the old stuff. Be careful. Don't think you can never be cast down. Don't think you can never fall. Because when you start thinking that, that's when it's going to happen. Are you the type of person that takes note, that reads the Word of God, that, that understands who He is, this loving shepherd, and you're saying, He, like David, he is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And when I'm with Him and I'm following His lead, I don't want for anything. He leads me. He restores my soul. He helps me to lie down. He helps me to find rest. And He does it all for, for His name's sake. For His name's sake.
We're going to close with a couple songs. And as always, I just pray that you allow the Spirit to connect with your spirit. Are you part of, are you part of His sheepfold? Are you part of His flock? I can't say this with 100%. If you're not, I guarantee you that He is right there next to you saying, be a part of my flock. I want you. I want you to be a part of my flock. I laid down my life so that you could be a part of my flock. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, you're part of this flock, but truth be known, your soul's not restored. You're, you're, maybe you're some of the things we talked about today. You're fat, you got all this wool, and you're always looking for the soft spots. Maybe today's the day you repent, you say, here I am, Jesus. Here I am. Let's stand and let me lead us into a word of prayer. Father, I pray right now that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would just find freedom here, that you would allow us to just, I I pray that you would strip down walls, that you would strip down obstacles or distractions or anything that might hinder us from truly hearing your voice. I pray that this morning those that truly need to hear the shepherd's voice because they're cast down, that they would hear you very loud and clear. I pray for those that may be sitting here this morning that are not part of your sheepfold, that they, are, they, have, they can sense and they can see that you are right there pursuing them, wanting to give them all this incredible love and life and inviting them in to be a part of your flock. Father, connect with us this morning. I don't think it's a question whether you can or will or won't. I think it's a question whether we will allow that to take place, regardless of where we are on our walk. May we just connect with you. May we, may we encounter you in a way that we've never encountered you before. And we pray all this in the powerful name of your Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.